0: this is the cry of our hearts that in all things you would be preeminent take your rightful place God in our hearts God take your rightful place in our homes God in gateway house of prayer in our churches God in our community in our region in our nation and the nations of the earth Jesus preeminent one. Jesus, name above all names. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, we worship you tonight. We give you all the adoration and praise and honor and glory. Do your name. Jesus, 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 receive worth and glory and honor from your people thank you thank you thank you for who you are thank you for who you've been thank you for who you will be you're the faithful one you're the faithful one and we give you praise and glory and thanks this night this night is for your glory it is for your honor. It is for your name, Jesus. Thank you. And it's in that great name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, wow, wow. Woo, thank you, worship team. Thank you. Well, if you weren't here at the beginning, I announced that this worship team is a team from over the years. So we are celebrating, and I love it, it's a full house. Hey, there's room on the floor in the front. Come on up, I'm serious. Chairs, there's still chairs around here too. We had a couple reserved seats, I think, in the front. I don't know how many worship team members. Yeah, Luke and Julie there, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they're here. Well, yeah, claim your seat, find a seat. I love it, I love it. I think that we filled the house as full as we could fill it and we've never had this many chairs in Gateway, so we're loving it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming to celebrate 15 years of 24-7 worship and prayer arising to Jesus. I'm seeing so many people from over the years. This is such a joy. I wish we could just like stream through the front and tell our stories because so many people impacted here from the very beginning, coming back. Uh, I wanna give a shout out because we did invite Doug Crazley. Many of you know him. He was a worship leader from the beginning. So we give a shout out to you, Doug Crazley. Wish you were here. (laughs) And and a shout out to Nick Musitas and Lindsay and their family. Doug and Christy thought they could come and then it didn't work out. Nick thought he could come last week and, and all of a sudden couldn't be here. So we were super disappointed to not have them helping to lead worship. They were so instrumental in this house for so many, many years. I, uh, I'm overwhelmed today. I just, this is an amazing house of prayer. It's you guys. It's you guys that have been carrying the baton in your hand, doing the next two-hour watch, doing the next night watch, doing the next worship set for years and years. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So many of you have given your heart and life to the Lord and said yes to coming here and just saying, we want more of his presence. We want more of him in this region. We want more of him in our schools and our families. We want more of him in our churches. So thank you for being part of this. I, uh, uh, yeah, today I was just reading 1 Thessalonians 5.12. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation Make sure you show deep appreciation to those who cherish you and diligently work as ministers among you. They are your leaders who are for you, teach you, and stand before the Lord on your behalf. So I want to honor uh, so many people tonight. We're really excited. We always love to do this. One of our core values at Gateway is to honor those who, who have been here before us and have made a way? So I don't know if Barry Whistler is in the house. Is he here? I don't spot him right now, but he really stewarded the vision from the very beginning. Uh, Mark Dupont gave a prophetic word in 1999: "Build it, this house, and they will come." And look, <laughs> here, here they are. So is that? I'm not gonna read through the whole word, it is posted here, but it's a powerful word and Barry felt a level of I should really steward this vision and uh, made sure that there was night and day prayer happening in our region. So I wanna honor him here from the front. I wanna honor Kevin Eshelman right here who's been an oversight. Kevin Eshelman is the pastor at Effort of Community Church, has been the oversight for Gateway. For uh, the years I've been serving as director, seven years, uh, I'm in my seventh year. This year, can't believe that. Uh, what'd you say? He was in oversight, because he had, I was, I'm getting to the board, because the board is next, yeah. He was in oversight, but like personal oversight with Effort of Community Church, so true. And uh, wherever there's ECC elders in the room, they also have been stewarding this. Could you stand to your feet? I want to honor you. you. Yes! Mark and Marlene, Ivan, I'm not sure who else I missed in the room, but thank you for being here. We're so grateful. The elders have been also stewarding this vision, taking responsibility for what God has said over our region, over this house, and has trumpeted and championed the vision, and we're so grateful for them. Next, I, uh, I know the board uh, disbanded about 10 years ago, hard to believe, but I wanna honor the people that have been on the board. If you're here in the room, stand to your feet. Kevin Eshelman served as the chairman for years and years. Dan Seacrest, Phil Martin. Ivan Martin, Jeff Nolte, Jerry Schertzer is from afar. And we also honor Glenn Weaver and Bill Mudrick, who are leaning over the balcony of heaven cheering us on. So thank you, thank you. And of course, we want to honor... Jimmy and Lydia, who just paved a way for this house. Thank you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Jimmy Jimmy served from 2005 to 2013 directing this house, and his whole family was here. So many many days. I just have the greatest honor and appreciation for what you guys have done over the years. Thank you, and let's honor Luke Weaver, his wife Julie, their family here. Stand to your feet. Let's These people have been so near and dear to me and have taught me so much about leadership along the way, and I'm so, so grateful. Uh, I heard some of you say, oh, I hope they're here, and I'm like, yes, definitely they're here, so I hope you can connect with them and their families tonight for sure. All right, next we would like to, sur- uh, to honor all those who have served uh, as staff if you were a staff member at any point in the journey from 2005 when we started the whole way till now, please come to the front. We have a gift bag for you that we'd like to give you right now. So come on up. Yes, Josh Schmucker. Yes. Josh Schmucker. Caleb no. <laughs> Angie Stoner, is that all? Oh my word, who else? Yeah, man, I thought there would be more here. I'm gonna call you up on the spot, Mac Buckwalter, because you have been so instrumental as well in the prayer movement, thank you. Thank you for all the years you stewarded prayer in the region. Thank you. Bless you. So glad you're here. His wife, Naomi, so glad you guys are here. Bless you. Awesome. All right. We'll have to give some of those bags a little bit later. And uh, anybody that's ever been a volunteer, 24-7, around the clock, from 2005 to right now, please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Is it the whole place? <laughs> Woo! Wow, Wow! thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness, it's incredible. All right, and uh, with the honor just goes on and on. I want to honor those that took one of our internships over the years. So Jimmy remembers, we started out with SEER, and then it turned into AFI, Apostolic Foundations Internship, then KFI, Kingdom Foundations Internship, and now it's been Embark for the last seven years. All of those who took an internship, stand to your feet. Yes! Woo! Wow! Wow, wow, wow. So good. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, 361 graduates from our internships till today. So thankful for each one of you. The first one did start in 2008, which is the year we went 24-7. So, celebrating that today, 16 different internships, amazing. All right, I would like to call uh, the Gateway team right now, current team right to the front. I tell them all the time they're my dream team. I am so thankful for every one of them, for their pure hearts, their sacrifices, their love for the Lord, their love for people that come into the room. I am so indebted to you guys. And they're lovers of Jesus, laid down lovers of Jesus. I'm going to pass the mic, and they're going to share uh, their role here at Gateway so you get to know them, their name, their role. And if you want the years that you guys have served, too, I don't know that I added that. You can quickly start Hey, I'm Nat Ornellis. I've been on staff since 2020. Um, I'm the administrative assistant here, so you may have gotten an email from me. And I also help to lead prayer. And this is Rowan. Hey, Rowan!
1: I am Tim. I'm Nat's husband, Rowan's dad. I serve as assistant director. And it's been almost five years for me to be here. My name is Anna Landis, and I've been on staff here since 2019. I lead worship here and also serve as hospitality coordinator and a couple other things, too. (laughs) Hello,
0: my name is Tara Kennel. I've been on staff for a month. (laughs) celebrated tonight. It's such an honor to be in this team. Um, I've been around for a while um, and I don't have dates, but I love this house and I love you guys. I am really blessed to be serving in worship development here in the house as um, well as I'm excited to begin to form a school of worship that will be starting in September. So I'm excited to help direct that. Hi, I'm Faith Horst. I'm the Creative Arts Coordinator here, and I've been on staff for a little over a year.
1: Hi, I'm Jonathan Yeager. Uh, I've, I did the internship 2020, joined staff end of 2020, and then I am a worship leader here, and I am also the Facilities manager. so all the lights and all the cobwebs, I swipe them out, so. <laughs>
0: I am Judah Barch. I serve as a worshiper here and a worship leader and a worship coordinator. I work with the worship teams to get them up and on the stage and the sound. I also oversee the AVL and all that fun stuff too. So
1: yeah, and I've been here for two years. So.
0: Thank you guys, you can sit down, so good. Well, we could honor on and on, but so great, so wonderful. Thank you for celebrating every single person with me that we just talked about. Uh, at this time, I'm really excited to announce Kevin Eshelman is going to come up and share again. I'm so grateful for his leadership. As a pastor at Effort of Community Church, he really has pastored this house and led so well. So thank you for coming. Give
2: him a round thank of you, you so much, Benita. <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it is really great to honor uh, those that have worked so hard, but I, I just want to stop for a moment and, uh, and honor the Lord uh, for the grace that he has given us to be able to actually build the house. I mean, to think that God would, in his sovereignty, choose this place called Clay Township for which, you know, one of the few places, one of the rare places in which he would establish a 24-7 house of prayer. And, and to do, do that, to step back and acknowledge that, does not take away from Jimmy's pioneering days and Luke stepping in with mission and Benita bringing, you know, that kind of just consistency to it and maturity to it. Um, and all the all the people that have served, all the volunteers that come in the middle of the night and you know, through the day and and, you know, two hours every single week. So without taking anything away from any of the human element that is required, For us to partner with God to see a vision take place, man, the grace of God just enables it. And can we just stop and just and just like just pause before Him and just be grateful to Him? And Lord, we are grateful, God. We are honored that we even as we celebrate all this time of twenty-four-seven. And uh, you know, I'm I'm here this evening, as I'm sure many are, just thinking back over time and. And I don't remember years, I don't have the details, but I remember one year when it was, man, if we could just do seven days straight. So it was, tw- it was literally 24 seven, like one seven. I remember just calling people that we knew in the region, hey, would you help us just do seven days of 24, 24 hours a day? And I remember coming to the close of that week and thinking, wow, we actually got it done. And then to think that God, you would give us the grace for 15 years of that, and Lord, we're just really stunned by, by uh, you because we know it's the Spirit of God that actually motivates people to just walk consistently and to wrestle through things and, and just to stand, just to stand in the presence of the Lord. God, we are just, um, we are grateful to the point that we actually don't have words to uh, express that. And Lord, we are in the place where uh, we know that, you know, I think back in the early days of House of Prayer, before it was called Gateway, and just, you know, what we felt like you were calling us to, to build and established unbeknownst to us it was all these places all over the world where you were just doing exactly the same thing. And I think, man, God, what what do you have planned that Across the world, you would raise up those things that are called boiler houses, boiler rooms, houses of prayer, but these prayer furnaces, whatever whatever they're called in various places. And I think, man, you're raising up the greatest prayer movement the world has ever seen uh, for the purpose of the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen. And Lord, we are just, man, just to be a part of what you're doing is such an honor for each of us. And so God, we just pause and give thanks to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I truly am just a little bit overwhelmed with the grace that God actually does to to do what, man, we could just never do without him calling, without him bringing everything together that needs to be done. And I'm just going to take a couple minutes here today to, you know, I think of uh, the tabernacle of David, uh, 1 Chronicles uh, 16. David brings a Ark of the Covenant backs up a tent and says, man, just we're just going to worship. We're just going to worship, 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 worship. And we're just going to stand before the Lord. And it's going to be a place where, hey, you don't need to jump through all the hoops. We're just going to honor the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is going to dwell there, and you can encounter him face to face. And then, of course, in Amos chapter 9, it circles back around, where in Amos 9, he prophetically says, I will once again raise up David's tent. I'm going to do it again. And then it comes back again in Acts chapter 16. And it's in the context of what's called the Jerusalem Council. And what's happening in the Jerusalem Council is the the Hebrews, the Jewish believers, the Jewish followers of Jesus are confused because they didn't realize that when God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, that he actually meant all flesh. That They thought, you mean, of course, he means all Jewish flesh, right? But then there's the whole Cornelius household incident, and there's everything that's happening at Antioch. And so now they're trying to figure out what do we do with all these Gentiles that are claiming that they are being followers of Jesus Christ, and they're in this place where they're experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit, like everything's happening, but they haven't jumped through all the Hebrew hoops, all the Jewish hoops, and they're trying to figure all that stuff out. And uh, all they're doing in, in Acts chapter 16 is they're telling stories. Let me tell you stories of the grace of God and what he's doing among all people. And then prophetically, it's almost like they pause and they, it's almost like they say, like, we knew that this was going to happen because the prophet Amos said, I will once again raise up the tabernacle of David that all men, that all nations, all people might seek the Lord. And that really comes down to the very heart of um, what the Gateway House of Prayer is all about. is just simply to seek the Lord on behalf of this region and beyond. And just simply like, we, we want everybody to know you. And so what I mean by that is it's not just about like we come into this place and there's an atmosphere that nourishes the presence of the Lord and we can walk into this place and experience that. But actually what happens in this place is just not for this place. Because God has sovereignly decided that he, because we couldn't do it on our own even though we apply ourselves to it, that he would establish the gateway house of prayer as a tabernacle of David so that everybody would seek him, that we could actually create an environment in which people would seek the Lord. And so what happens in this house is not just for this house. And one of the things that we have to do as Gateway House of Prayer is we have to recognize the grace of God that's on us and fully step into it. And the best way I can illustrate that is simply by telling you two personality stories from the Old Testament, and it's Saul and David. So Saul was anointed by King as king by, by Samuel. And he had prophetic words spoken over him. He told, I mean, the prophet said to Samuel, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be changed into a different person. Like you will be a new person. You'll be a brand new man. The issue with Saul was he would never step into the grace that God had for him. And he lived his life in a place of insecurity, false humility, whatever you want to call it. He just wouldn't step into that place. And then you had, so he was eventually rejected. You know the story. But then you had King David who was a shepherd boy and he was then anointed king of Israel and he was completely content and secure in his calling. I don't need to reach for it, I don't need to grab it and when it's God's time, I'm gonna step into it. I'm gonna step, I am king of Israel. Like by faith, you're not in false humility, oh, woe is me, who am I? I'm nobody, I'm just a shepherd boy. But no, by faith, by the grace of God to step into the position that God has called him to step into. And that's an illustration for us as Gateway House of Prayer. We can say, hey, we're just this barn in Clay Township that people have a hard time finding. And so we're just here for people a place for people to hang out and pray. Actually, it's not—it it is that, but it's far, far more than that. Because God has established this place as a regional and beyond house of prayer. And what happens in this room is not just for this room and not just for those that are present in this room, it's actually for the region. So when there's an education watch and when you're speaking blessings over the education system, it's not just for the students or teachers and so forth that are hanging out in the room. Like God has given us authority to speak those words over the region. When we pray in this place for the church of the region, it's not just for Effort of Community or Lifeway or not just for, you know, the churches in this area. I mean, it's for every church. We can release that. We're praying for prodigals all across the region. We're praying for an awakening all across the region. And we don't do that because, hey, we think we're all that, and that God, it's just simply, it's stepping into the grace that God has given us as a regional house of prayer. That's how important this is. Friend, if you have a prayer watch, if you're doing watch two hours a week, come on, man, step into it. Because you're not just standing watch. You're actually in a place, man, where you're, you're influencing in very, very significant ways. And you might think, I only just come in here and worship. Well, That's a good thing to do, please. Just just trust me on that. Let's just worship the Lord. And uh, one of the things around here at Effort of Community Church we've been dreaming about is, is what if some of the things that God has done both biblically and historically, he would want to do again? And so we just kind of nurture ourselves on the stories from the Hebrides in the 1950s. You know, uh, 90% of the population of Hebrides came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, 90%. And most of the folks that actually came to the Lord in that season came to the Lord without coming to church. Like they didn't hear an evangelistic crusade, didn't come to a Jesus rally as good as all those things are. They encountered the presence of the Lord that was invited by a people. And they met the Lord. I mean, there's just those kind of stories. And from 1850s, in the United States of America with a population of three million people in the entire United States, there was a season in the 1850s in which 30,000, an estimate was 30,000 people coming to the Lord every week. Same kind of story, not because someone convinced them, not because there were tracks on the street, not because there was evangelistic crusades, all of that which is you know, useful tools in the body of Christ but simply because they encountered the presence of the Lord. And I'm just saying, like, what if? I mean, can't we dream? Actually, I think it's a little bit more than a dream. I think it's actually a statement of faith that God wants to do that again, because God is so incredibly good. And how about as a Gateway House of Prayer, we just step into that place, not in arrogance, with full, full humility, but actually not false humility. But full humility is, God has so ordained this place to speak on behalf of a region and invite you to come and have your way. And I look for the day in which, you know, for Effort of Community, for for, um, Gateway House of Prayer, for um, we're here standing, watch, and praying. Let me just say this carefully, but, you know, as a pastor, it's been around for a while. We're standing watch for praying for churches who really don't care, like that are really just content to, I just want to go through the motions. That's just what religion is. And, and, and the Spirit of God's left, and man, I look for the day in which they're surprised by a move of the Holy Spirit. And just sovereignly, there's people that are, the service comes to a close, and the pastor's expecting everybody to leave and go home and go to Brickerville House or whatever, and all of a sudden, they're at the altar because they need to get right with the Lord. It's because the presence of God is there. And so for you as... Um, a active participant of the Gateway House of Prayer in whatever role you play. You're part of that. And so as part of that, can we believe for that? Because I think that's what he wants to do. And I look for that day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Benita.
0: Thank you so much, Kevin. I'm going to call Jimmy up again. Uh, Jimmy started Gateway House of Prayer right out of the gate, 2005. Come on up. Uh, just th- I just I told him he can share whatever's on his heart, and he said, "Oh boy."
3: <laughs> Actually, well, she they, they asked me to share about uh, Gateway's history, and I want to do that. I think that's important. Like, if you, how many of you were here from the beginning? Like the beginning, like you were with me in the beginning. I can remember this. Okay, okay. So, so very small. Number, how many were here like, I don't know, was it five years ago when I shared about the dog dream? You guys remember the dog dream? Anybody know the dog dream? Great, you're going to get the dog dream tonight. Good. Okay, so I want so to give you some history. Here's what I would do. I want to first share some history, and then I want to call you to something as somebody who thought I understood what God's communication was about and then realized, I'll uh, the, say the longer I do this, I don't get more proud. I can tell you that. I, I, I come to see the weaknesses of my human nature and the challenge of endurance, and that's really what I want to talk to you about is a little bit of that uh, tonight. So in December, uh, I said it in December, why did I say that? Uh, Mark DuPont gave a prophecy in 1999, they said it's back on the wall, but the essence of it is is that uh, if you build it, there will come, they were talking about building this facility prophetically, not this one, but the one that's across the street, if they would do that, some people would come with the practicality of it was uh the I was a part of a first house of prayer but Matt Buckwalter was leading that at the time and we uh we needed a place and so we came asking hey can we use your place and uh, Matt did that I didn't know anybody over here he had the relationships and opened that door and there was a shaking on the first house of prayer but out of the out of the you know kind of the the ashes of that um Barry reached out to me. That's what Benita was talking about, saying, "Hey, don't give up on the vision for twenty-four-seven prayer." And if it weren't for Barry, I would have given up on. I mean, I really was there. I was kind of done with with the whole thing. And um, you know, uh, as we got started, so we, we started with two thousand five to about two thousand seven. Two thousand seven, Lydia and I moved up in the development next door. Two thousand six, we were closing on our house. And the next day, we're going to be closing on our house. When we were going to be closing on our house, that night, I had a prophetic dream. And in the dream, I see Kevin, and he's standing by a well right at the entrance of that development. Now, the development looked like a 1970s development, which would make sense because of the generation in which ECC started. Don't ask me why but was that, but I think God was trying to communicate the connection between ECC's origin story. And so there was a well at the beginning. Kevin's standing there. We weren't close at that time. I was relating through Barry, and I barely knew Barry. And so Kevin's in the dream. It didn't make sense to me at all, but he's standing by this well, and I, okay, so sometimes when you buy a uh, house, you know, there's things you want, and I wanted to get off my well because my water pressure was just totally weak, and the well wasn't great, and I was hoping for a public system, and so when I, in the dream, it kind of leaked its way into my dream, and I see Kevin, we're standing by a well, and I'm like, bummer, like, (laughs) I was hoping to get on a public water system. This is a, a well, and Kevin looks at me, and like, oh, you know prophet eye looking and whatever, and says, he says, it's a deep, deep well, and it has enough water to water the entire region. And I'm like, okay, I'm having one of those dreams, got it. Immediately, scene changes, Uh, a schnauzer dog runs by, peels by me, literally runs right behind me, it's running, and somehow I know it's got my key to my house. And I see it, it's got four keys hanging off its belly, and I'm chasing this dog down, you stupid dog, I chase it down, and you know how dogs do that when they cower, they roll over, he rolled over, and I saw these four keys there. And I grabbed my, the key that I thought was my key, and I go, "Stupid dog!" I literally said that in the dream. I walked, I walked over to what was going to be my house. I get in front of the house. It had this walkway up to it, this old 1970s-looking house. As I start to walk across the sidewalk that went up to, the, it's like the old school sidewalks that go in front of your neighbors, and we have a lot of these in Texas. I don't know if you have them up here, but. We, I, I started to walk up to the door, and the door was on the side of the house, which totally makes sense, because, like, the front door to Gateway doesn't look like the front. For years, until they rebuilt this parking lot, it, everybody was very confused about how you get in Gateway. And, and so I was confused about how to get in my house. It didn't really fit. Anyway, I was, I was walking up, and as I started walking across, I noticed the, the grass was this, like, yellowy-green kind of weird-looking color, and then I began to notice it was moving. And I was like, oh, my word, and I realized there were snakes. The whole thing was a yard of these bright green looking snakes. And they had these big, huge py- uh, 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 python bodies, but they had viper heads. And I'm like, okay, not only can they choke you, they can poison you to death. Amazing. And then I'm thinking, man, one of these snakes could carry, my, carry that dog away. And then I'm thinking about moving in with my kids, and I'm like, one of these snakes could carry my children away. And then I, so I'm kind of freaked out by that. I press through to get up to the door. I get up to the door. There's a snake wrapped around the handle, and I wake up. I didn't put the key in, and I woke up. And so that dream messed me up because I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with it. And, um, so I began to talk to people, you know, and you get the charismatic Pentecostal circles, buddy. you start talking about pythons, dude, everybody's going to talk about the Python spirit. Like it's a Python spirit. It means this, it didn't mean any of what they said, but, but it it did help me go on a journey. And I just, I couldn't shake the dream. I'm talking, I carry this for the full interpretation of the dream took years. I don't even know. I've still got the full interpretation, but a good significant chunk of it did. But, Obviously, the well represents a shared outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That was easy. I didn't understand. I said, Lord, what's the dog mean? And the dog re- took me to Isaiah chapter 56, verse 9. And Isaiah 56, it talks about God establishing his house of prayer. But in that same passage, he talks about how his watch, watchmen are dumb dogs, loving to sleep, lying down, loving to slumber. And I was like, huh, that's probably significant, you know? And so I thought, I think God's trying to, talked to me, and it talked about shepherds, because we were tra- trying to build something regional. We were relating to pastors, trying to have these conversations, and they they weren't into it. Uh, some of them were, you know, just concerned, like, what are you? Why are you doing this? It's strange, all that, and it talked about shepherds in that same passage where the dog is who look after their own gain after their own territory, and so it became, I knew something was here, and I knew the, at least at the time, I knew the answer wasn't to judge them, but was to try to figure out, to pray, and how do we, how we break into that, those relationships, uh, I'll talk to you about the, the keys here in just a minute. The serpents, um, actually, for those who've been a part of uh, Gateway, you probably know that simple and pure devotion to Jesus Christ is a thing, you know, from the secret place to every place. It depends which generation of internship you were a part of. But these were our, our mottos and slogans or whatever you want to call them. Well, that came from that came from uh, this, this dream. What happened is I was praying to the serpent thing. I happened to be reading through the book of, uh, 2 Corinthians, and I see where Paul the Apostle says, I'm concerned for you that just as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that somehow your minds will be led astray from simple and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. And I was like, I know what the snakes are all about. Every There were little serpents, big serpents. They all represented all the stuff, all the distractions that... that, that try to rob us. Come on, have you ever felt the distractions that you come to Christ? Have you felt the distractions that you come to try to set yourself in his presence and go after him? Have you ever felt something trying to pull you away, choke you, poison you? You're probably trying to do the right thing if that's what's happening. And listen, these snakes were around the entire foundation of the house, which meant the Lord said, you're going to be building a house of prayer. You're going to be building a house of simple and pure devotion to Jesus Christ in the midst of a generation of distraction. And it will not only impact, uh, it will not only impact the people that you're trying to help, it's going to impact you. You, Jimmy and I, I mean, are going to have to confront your own distractions. Well, I didn't even, even turn the key in because there's a little one around my door. No, you know, like squirrel or snake or. So, Psalm 20, I'm, I want to give you a couple passages of scripture that are really important to your history. Psalm 24, the whole passage, is really important to your history. I hope you guys still are hanging on to that. I, I remember where I was sitting when the Holy Spirit told me, I want you to, you're going to focus on this. I didn't even know we were going to be called Gateway yet. And, uh, and so this, I'm going way back, and I remember all those meetings with the board and, and all that. And, uh, but, you know, there's an important part of that passage that says, you know, who could ascend the hill, the Lord, clean hands, pure heart, not lift up a soul to an idol. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him. And I just want to say this to you because when I read that passage, I focus on purity, not lifting up my soul to an idol and I feel like a failure. Anybody else? Like, can we get honest here tonight? We're not going to go any further than our truth, than our honesty. I feel like I'm a failure, Lord, at this. And the Lord reminds me, this is, depending on which translation you read, but I like, I'm going with the one that I had at the time. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek you. You remember who Jacob is, right? Was he clean hands and a pure heart? He was a liar, a deceiver, and God changed his name And this is what I believe happens. I believe as we seek the Lord, as we ascend the hill of the Lord, clean hands and a pure heart isn't about what we currently have. It's what God can bestow in the process of the seeking as we allow him to cleanse our hearts and purify our double-mindedness. We can approach him and he does something significant to us. Does that make sense? And so this is really important. I'm telling you this because in 2000, we're trying to figure out the date. I think it was 8 or 9. Now, this is three years of House of Prayer. So I know you guys are in the generation of the House I know there's endurance here. I know it. I know it because I've come here. I've visited, whatever. But those pioneering days were pretty rough. I mean, Angie Hoover came out of her internship, said, I feel called to do this. There were like two staff members, and we were taking 20 hours each by ourselves to build the time spots. So now it's 2008-ish or 9-ish. We're still trying to figure it out. But I am exhausted because I think at this point, we were just trying to get to 24/7. Kevin was a whipcracker on that. <laughs> uh, I won't, I won't, I won't roll you under the bus. I won't roll you under the bus. Anyway, uh, I just did <laughs> secret bus roll. Uh, we got it done. I mean, he threatened my job. But anyway, he, you get to 24/7 or else, Mister. <laughs> I just need some inner healing. Oh, hi, Lauren. Can I schedule an appointment? Anyway, um. No, no, no! Seriously, Kevin's one of my best friends, so I'm totally joking. Uh, but sometimes friendships are formed that way. <laughs> what time is it? Keep moving, Diamond. Okay. So, I, so, so, here's what happened. We, I, I was exhausted. They had Rick Pino come in to do a worship night. So Rick comes in and he's doing his thing, and it was, it was really good. It's just, I was. Have you ever been tired and you don't care about doing anything? I was having that night. Come on, where, are the staff of Gateway at? You ever been like? I know I should love worshiping, but I really don't right now. It was that it was that kind of night for me. I am literally in the back of the old auditorium. So this is before they built the new, uh, you know, uh, portion to the facility there. The old was an auditorium B now or two or whatever. So I'm there. Rick's leading worship. There's probably a full room. It looked like about eight hundred, huh? No. You were there. You came in nine, right? It was nine. It was nine. Luke, not important to the story. Uh, <laughs> it, Luke's, Luke's just proving I'm getting older, and my memory is insufficient sometimes. But what happened, what happened was, and we used to have the recordings for this. I don't know what I've done with them, but I, I, I couldn't find them, but I would give it to you all for archival purposes, but maybe ECC still has that somewhere. But I, I was standing in the back of the wall, bored out of my mind after an hour and a half of worship. I know that's terrible. Until Rick started singing, prophetically, he just spontaneously started singing, you know, king of glory, king of glory, king of glory, come on in, king of glory. You know, who can ascend the hill? I kept going back, refrain back and forth, back and forth. It's like God saying, Jimmy, don't have your attention yet. So I'm finally, I literally looked up, I literally sat in the back of the wall and said, are you actually going to say something to me about this? Now, you need to understand, I have at least three years of asking God, what are the other three keys? Most people won't even still sit on a prophecy that long to interpret it, but I, I, I know I normally wouldn't, but this one mattered to me, and I couldn't figure out why. But those keys mattered, and I knew it wasn't enough to have one. There's a reason there was four keys there. That, otherwise, this prophetic thing doesn't mean anything. And Rick begins to sing, it's your job as the watchman to open up the door. He had my attention. He was some about watchman for a minute, but he went back to that. He came back into it. It's your job as the watchman to open up the door, turn the key of devotion, I'm like what? Turn the key of intercession. Turn the key of worship. Turn the key of David. Open up the door. Open up the door. Open up the door. Open up the door, King glory. Come on in. Open up the door. And on on on. It went. I was like, I went from bored to on my face, going holy. <laughs> you know, like man, when you waited for an answer for so long, and and so there there have been a lot of. Um, there have been a lot of worship movements and a lot of intercessory prayer movements. And man, when the Vineyard began to rewrite songs during the renewal and the, like that was a change of worship. Worship completely changed during the Toronto blessing, Toronto renewal thing. Like worship completely changed. And then there was been a, there's been a continual progression of that change unto today. And, um, and I think there's been a lot of intercessory prayer movements but I felt like the Lord was saying, "I want these things rooted in simple and pure devotion to Jesus." Listen, hear me. I've now been in ministry long enough to have related to a lot. I've met a lot of my heroes, and they say you probably shouldn't. And sometimes it's it, sadly, it was true. I'm talking Christian God, men of God, women of God, and they don't have time for people. They're they don't. Anyway, it's just it was just a wasn't a great experience, and the Lord begin to say there's something that comes from simple and pure devotion to Jesus that makes us like Jesus. Like like devotion to your own change. Lord, I'm devoted to it's time like I, I need to I need to I need to experience the transforming power of the that comes from the pursuing not wanting to have a ministry of worship. Not wanting to have a ministry of prayer, and I'm well-known all over the country because I can pray and prophesy, and I can lead worship. And ECC had their fair share of those famous people in here too, and it was also less than stellar. Not from their gift, from their actual character. And and when you touch them, their gift felt like Jesus sometimes, but their person felt like something totally different. Can we just remember something? God has no problem anointing a donkey to prophesy. Ask Balaam, right? Brother, I can prophesy. I can read your mail. Well, great. You made donkey status. (laughs) What if if it was more important to us to become like Jesus so that when those gifts come through, it feels like Jesus? Like, my job isn't to give somebody a prophetic word. My job is to give them an encounter with him. My job is not to give somebody a worship experience. It's to give them an encounter with him. My job's not to have a reputation for prayer. It's to give people an experience with Jesus when they poke me, when they touch me, when they hurt me, they, they experience Jesus. We live in a generation. We, we make excuses for why it's okay to not forgive people. Tell it to the one who hung on a cross and died for us and rose again, who said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Tell it to the one you call Lord. And when you tell it to him, Lord, it's hard to forgive this person. Will you help me? I promise you, that simple and pure devotion. Lord, I am simply and purely devoted to forgiving people. Look, if we're going to come into another election cycle here, God help all the pastors. Because y'all are all experts on our job when, when that comes around. What would happen if we didn't believe that Trump was the answer for the world? We know Biden's not. Uh, you know, uh, that Trump's, that, that a man is not an answer for the world, but the man, Christ Jesus, is the answer for all brokenness. President Trump's President Biden's and mine and yours. I say that to say, we're called to turn these keys, but the question I have is how? And so I'm, I just want to finish with this, this idea. you know would you there's two atmospheres in this room or the potential in this room right now. There's two atmospheres that we can experience: the atmosphere of heaven. And then we have the atmosphere of our inner man. I want the atmosphere of heaven in my inner man. When you think about the atmosphere of heaven, another important set of passages of Scripture for you all here is Psalm 24 and Revelation chapter 4, 1 through 11, chapter 5, verse 8 through 12. That is your history. That's not just me trying to put something on you. That was foundational to our existence. And so when I think about Revelation chapter 4 and I think about Revelation 5, there's there's this moment where there's a door of access into this realm that God invites John, the apostle, into, right? And he opens up the windows, and he says, come up here. And John has to respond and come up here. So there's an invitation. Like, this is gateway house of prayer. And we made it the idea of opening a gateway for the possibility of regional transformation. I think our old slogan, the very first one, uh, was something along the lines of, uh, you know, worshiping night and day. Uh, for regional transformation, or open heavenly gates for regional transformation. I remember people get mad. Who are they? Arrogant. People think they can open heavenly gates. Everybody's opening heavenly gates, or some gate, a demonic gate. We're opening gates all the time. You're either doing it through your criticisms and your judgments and your hatred, or you're doing it through love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. You get it? And so, um, there's a door of access that God invites him up into when he gets up there, right? This is important because this is a guy who put his head on Jesus chest. this is a guy who walked with him and he sees this scene where angels are around the throne and 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 Jesus is on the throne and there's there's just beauty and, and glory and sounds and lightnings and thunder and and, and creatures called seraphim which it's burning ones and they're literally on fire and they're flying over the throne and they're not like little they're not little babies doing the you know like you see in cartoons that's not what it looks like up there. heaven is not. God loves babies, but they don't look like babies up there, okay? They're fiery creatures that are moving like F-35 raptors over the throne as they, you know, as a president is getting honored or whatever, and they and they go by and they go, holy! And the posts of heaven shake according to Isaiah, and the elders fall down, and John's, John's caught up into that, and it's worship, and it's music, and it's light, and it's color, and it's transforming It's your job as the watchman to open up that door so that the world can experience the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And you're too busy trying to get signs and wonders into the world. How about you just get Jesus here and signs and wonders come with him? I love signs and wonders. I've seen, I've, I love miracles. It was one of the snakes that distracted me for a while in my life. Listen, I want warning. Don't let that now become, oh, so we shouldn't have signs and wonders and miracles. No. Jesus, the one I call Lord that I want in my life, he is miraculous by nature. I'm not inviting you to cessationism. I'm inviting you into authentic Christian experience where when people experience a sign or a wonder, their life is impacted significantly. And I believe worship and prayer. From devotion uses David's key as revelation puts it we're then to the Church of Philadelphia revelation three seven that God opens a door that no man can shut that's that's a revival that I think brings about the end of the age and um, I would say this before we can see it happen in our region it needs to happen in our own lives and homes in know revelations chapter three verse fourteen through twenty two Jesus confronts the lukewarm church. And what's interesting to me is probably most of us don't think we're those people. You're rich and increased in goods and have need of nothing. And he says, well, actually, you're poor, miserable, wretched, naked, and and blind. And um, I urge you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. In other words, get a a pure, get an unmixed experience with me. So, Jesus, I just want to say this to you. I really want to encourage, this, this might not sound encouraging, but it's meant to be. Especially for those of you who struggle with lukewarm. If you're lukewarm tonight, like you self-assess, you go home, you begin to consider the mixture. Yeah, you got fiery moments, and then you got really dark moments, and together that kind of makes the water kind of tepid, right? Jesus' answer for a lukewarm people and for a lukewarm generation is to knock at our heart's door. Isn't that amazing? You're lukewarm, and he says, I still love you. And he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and have communion with him. I'll dine with him and and, and he or she with me. Does that make sense? here's what I'm trying to get at. Before we can open heavenly gates, we have to open the one in our heart first. Before I could see regional transformation, I need personal transformation. Before I could, and I say before, I mean, it can go, it can go concurrently, but before I could see it, it, needs to happen personally. It needs to happen in my marriage. It needs to happen in my relationships. It needs to happen at work. It needs to happen with my children. It needs to happen. I, like, we get too busy. I need to change the world for Jesus. And, I, dude, I saw lots of prayer meetings in this place with people who wanted to transform the world for Jesus, and their marriage was a wreck. God loves you when your marriage is a wreck, but the world he wants to transform right then is probably that. And if you would surrender that to him, he'll come in. He promises. He'll come in and bring that. So, for some of you, gateway, gateway will be an important but not permanent season in your life. And for others, this season is your life. And when Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, the first thing he did was cleanse the temple. So, what do you think he wants to do with us? the temple of the Holy Spirit. We, we get so caught up in worship preferences. God knows that when I left the house of prayer movement to plant the church, everybody was concerned about my new methods and all that. I think Luke was concerned. Where's your value? I had my values written out. It's like, I don't see the gateway values here. I said, oh, God's got me on this kind of journey. He actually did it to me on a night you invited me back. You know, it all started then. And, and, and I say all that to say, like, what if we spent less energy on judging methods, right? Like, that's not what God's really interested in. And really let him cleanse, invite him to cleanse the temple of our heart. I, I, You know why I had to leave? I had judgments about the big C church out there. That's why I had to leave. I had to go lead a church for God to say, see, it ain't as easy as you thought it was, boy. And you know what's done? It's made me, I mean, I still have all the prayer movement reality in my heart. It's just I'm meeting guys from really big churches in our region, and I get to speak into their life now. I get the opportunity to prophesy over them, and they don't know what to do with that. They don't even know what to call it, and I don't go, let's say the Lord God Almighty. I just say, I feel like God was showing me this, and they're like, you know, that, that's what we're, I want them to encounter Jesus. I had to go, for part of the cleansing of the temple for me was cleansing my judgment. So here's what I want to say to the next generation of Gateway. Um those of you who are currently in it and the next generation, I want to encourage you. One of the things my big error was pursuing it by legalism. The more I do, the more I pray, the more God loves me, that kind of thing. Little prayer. I used to teach this stuff right here. Little prayer, little prayer, more prayer, more power, that kind of thing. No prayer, no power. And then God took me on this journey of, you're not going to pray for a while. I'm going to mess that all up. And I'm still going to do amazing things through you. And you're going to figure out what grace is, buddy. And I would love for you all to come. Let this place be a place where you come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in your time of need, in your lukewarmness, in your brokenness, and say and know that Jesus loves you, wants to meet you right there. And, and I said this at the Harvest Net uh, Summit here recently. I want to say it to you because you guys stand before God. You're doing all the things that we think of standing before God. You pray, you read the Bible, you fast, you worship listen, I've seen really famous people fall who fast more than us, who pray more than us, who worship more than us, that kind of thing. And the Lord spoke to me through uh, a significant situation here recently and said, it's it's not just important that you stand, it's important how you stand. From humility, need, love, devotion, pursuit. So I'll, I really am handing this to Benita after I say this to you. It's this. Endurance is needed. Temptations abound. I have not lived as well as I taught. And it's not because I didn't want to. It's because it's harder than it looks when you try to do it in your own strength. But if you will surrender to God, I can say this to you. God's got you. Jesus says, take heart. I've overcome the world. So I want to encourage you to listen to his voice knocking at your heart's door because he wants to come in.
0: I'm reminded why I appreciate you, Jimmy. Thank you. I feel like I feel like the Lord just wants us to stop for a moment and just ask him about our hearts. Kind of just threw my notes. <laughs> so God, I ask all over this room, I feel your conviction. I feel it here in the room. we say, create in us a clean heart, renew in us a right spirit, God. Thank you for all the prayers that have been prayed like that in this house, so many. But God, I pray tonight, we don't want to miss this moment. God, when a word like that is given that you... Just give us a moment to look at our own hearts. So we ask, shine the spotlight in our hearts right now. Our greatest desire is for you to come, but you want to come through clean vessels, surrendered vessels. And so we just say, here we are. God, I thank you for a spirit of repentance in the room right now. God, where things are out of alignment, would you show us that right now? Where we have lost our first love, we want to come back. Where we have been striving, functioning under a religious spirit, we say, have mercy, God. We want to be the gateways, personally, that welcome you, King of Glory. I thank you tonight that you give us an opportunity to get it right, just to look on you. That you want to come even more than we want you to come. I heard this morning when I woke up, and I, I didn't quite understand it, but he was like, are you gonna re-covenant with me tonight? And I was kinda like, well, it's a celebration of faithfulness, aren't we kinda of looking back? And he said, I'm looking for a re-covenant. And so God, I, I just say before you, I re-covenant with you tonight to say that this place will be always an open doorway for the king of glory to come through for a region that desperately needs you. God, we're so in need of you. We're not gonna rely on any of our old methods, our good ideas. God, we just say we humbly invite you in. We humbly open the door to you, King of Glory. God, I thank you. This has been the cry for 15-plus years. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come in. Who is this King of glory, the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle? Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory, the Lord Almighty? He is the King of glory. Jesus, we welcome you to take your rightful place. May this always be a resting place for you always we recovenant with you tonight to say this is a resting place for you for your glory you are welcome here king of glory in jesus mighty name amen this Uh, morning, I got a phone call. I'm grabbing a rod back here. Uh, Some of you know Calvin Griner, who's been a prophet to our region for a long time. He didn't even know we were having this meeting tonight. He didn't even know we were celebrating 15 years. But Calvin's always on time. And uh, He's been giving a lot of prophetic words to Gateway over the years, but it's been a couple months since we actually heard from him, and I was wondering how he was doing. And he called today, <laughs> and he said, can I come? Can I come at noon? Can I come to your team? I have this rod, and I've made eight rods, and this is, I gave my first one in Redding, and I feel like I'm to give the second rod here in Lancaster to Gateway. And right away, without knowing it was our 15 year, he said, this this span here is five inches, this span in the middle is five inches, and at the bottom is five inches. Five, grace, three fives, three fives of grace. <laughs> five years, I know. We didn't all serve five years, but years of grace, years of grace, years of grace. And then there's so much symbolism, but it is the king of glory. The top is a crown, and um, you can see the gold. There are seven uh, red dots here, symbolizing the seven churches of Revelation. And um, he began to talk about the message that God has to the church of our region. And uh, he felt like it's a new beginning out of today, which is there's eight dots on the top, new beginnings. And on it, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his truth, faithfulness, loving kindness, and mercy continues forever and ever. And he stopped several times because he kept talking about the cross and the blood. And you can see the blood he felt like he had to put it on here, spilled. It spilled on the bottom of this, if you can see. There's a lot more symbolism to it But these are the things that we have been praying through here in the house, and he basically came to confirm that we are crying out for a revelation of the blood of Christ, the cross, that we have a deeper understanding of what it means for ourselves, for our region and beyond, Um, the majesty, like that we're actually seeing him in worship, that we're actually worshiping him in the beauty of his holiness for who he is, that we're not just rolling through the motions. So, so much symbolism on here, Uh, right in the middle, Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus would always be the center at the very center of everything that we're doing. So, this was a rod of comfort today. (laughs) That the Lord is with us and He is bringing. I want you to receive it because I, I felt like it was for tonight. And I'm just gonna, I had asked Luke to pray and I keep praying. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm gonna pray that we receive the revelation that Calvin was talking about with this rod. And I invite you to come see it at the end then. But Jesus, I ask for a greater revelation. Like Isaiah, who saw you high and lifted up, and the train of your robe filling the temple. God, I thank you for this revelation of your majesty, your holiness. I ask for the fear of the Lord upon us, your people in this region. God, give us a greater awe and reverence for who you are in this hour. God, give us a revelation of the high price you paid for us personally, for our families, our family lines. God, for the generations. God, we ask God for dreams and visions and a deeper understanding of the power of the blood of Christ. God, would you bring it to us that we would see into the heavens? We would see, God, things we've never seen before. Would you take us there? And Jesus, where you're not at the center tonight, I thank you, we're getting it right, we're repenting, and we're bringing you back to the very center of who you really are, right in the middle, preeminent, supreme, high above. God, I thank you. I thank you for the grace, the seasons of grace God, 15 years of grace. We're so thankful for the grace and the endurance to run the race with perseverance. God, thank you for all those in this house. I thank you, God, that you promised joy in your house of prayer. You said there'd be joy here. Would you lift up those that are weary, those that are tired, those that have been laboring in prayer, God. Give them joy. Restore joy to them. And you said your joy would be our strength. So strengthen your people with joy in the house of prayer, God. Thank you for the power of this moment, this rod. It's Psalm 23 too, that that your rod and your staff comfort. They direct, they lead, you're guiding us. Thank you for this promise. Even Calvin coming and saying this today is you reminding us you're with us. You never leave us or forsake us. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. So we receive all that you want to breathe over us tonight. We receive it with gratefulness and thanksgiving. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke, Luke Weaver passed the baton to me six and a half years ago. So grateful for you. Wow.
1: So many friends in the house, we definitely want to have time to say hi. It's always attention, right? I don't have a message, but I do feel that God highlighted some scriptures. I'm simply going to read through them um, and maybe highlight a thing or two and then pray. And then I think we're wrapped up. Is that right? Okay. Second Chronicles 16. Verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him. And I felt like the Lord simply wanted to say that you're some of those people. It's really hard to put into words uh, what I felt coming in here. Benita's read Psalms 24, and I believe, again, there's a an encouragement from the heart of the Lord that you're some of those people who sought the face of God, who have opened up the gate of your heart, who've opened up the gate of this region. Psalms 132 I just, I have to say this, because Lou Engle was in the house, and this was such a classic Barry Whistler moment. This was around the celebration of 10 years of starting in seven years of 24-7. This was 2015. And uh, Lou Engle was here in the house, we were praying together, and he was in a prophetic moment, and... He's praying, and he says, says, Lord, do it here. Do it here. Send your presence to this place. Yes, Lord, make this an abiding place of your presence. They heard of it in Ephrata. In Ephrata. Did you guys ever think of that? Barry's like, yeah, yeah, we thought of that. (laughs) Oh, God bless Barry. That man is so humble. He just never like takes extra credit. Unbelievable. God bless Barry. I will not enter into my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyelids or or sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrata. We found it in the field of J.R. Let us go to his dwelling place. And let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. And I, I just wanted to say that you're some of those people. You're some of those people who've stayed up all night. You're some of those people who said, no to all the distractions and the things that you could have given your heart and your life to, to maintain watchmen on the wall, an abiding place, a resting place for the Lord of hosts. You're some of those people. And what is it that we're believing for? What is it that we're contending for? Malachi one eleven says, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, my name shall be made great in every place. Incense will arise, a pure offering for my name shall be great in every place in the nations. And this is this is a foretaste. The restoration of the tabernacle of David is a foretaste. And I, I couldn't get up here without mentioning the heart of God is for this revelation of His worth to cover the globe. Why does missions exist? Why were we given the Great Commission? Right. It's that there's revelation covers the globe. It's that people of every nation, tribe and tongue come to the revelation of the worthy one. That's, that's the point, right? And it has to happen somewhere before it can happen everywhere. And that's what we're contending for. We're contending that this place, this region of the world would be an abiding place. It'd be a resting place for the presence of God. We're contending for the King of glory to reside in this place, for it to be a resting place, that we've opened up the doors, and, and he's come in, and he's bringing the revelation of himself, that there's a, a pure offering that's being raised from this place 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and out of this, there becomes this revelation of the worth of Jesus that covers this region. That's what revival is. It's not long meetings or signs and wonders. It's the revelation of Jesus realized in a region. That's what we're contending for. Sons of Issachar understood the times and the seasons, and I feel like God has just wants to give, me a, give you a little bit of a prophetic, fresh prophetic invitation. What is the time and the season that we're living in? Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest. Matthew 9, 38. Listen, there's been a global prayer movement raised up. Kevin touched on it. There's an unprecedented prayer movement raised up across the face of the earth. This is not coincidental. What happens is Jesus says, listen, pray Lord of the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. Therefore, pray that laborers would be sent. So it's, it's, I like it. Jimmy taught me this. It's, it's a law. Just like gravity, it's a law. What goes up must come down, we pray, and then God moves, right? So, like the sons of Issachar, I believe that, that we have an opportunity, that there's a season in time for two things. 2015, we got a prophetic word from Brian Kim as part of the Worthy One Conference that I felt like grabbed a hold of something in my heart, and I said, wow, I'm contending for this word he was in the middle of preaching, and he said, um, I believe that this location is the tip of the sword to fulfill the Great Commission in this generation. He was speaking about a movement out of this place. But a movement of what? Right? A movement of missions. But, but what is missions? Right? It's for, the, it's for the revelation of the worth of Jesus to cover the globe. It's for the expression of Malachi 111. Right? He never does anything except he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Extraordinary revival and youth movement, a global missions movement. The word of the Lord never returns void. It always accomplishes the purpose for which it is intended. He will complete the work that he started. He's not a man that he should lie. I, I think there's two things. I think that Psalms 24 is an invitation to us as a region for 2024. God just keeps speaking this over and over and over again. Psalms 24 for 2024. Because he doesn't want us to try to get a job done. He wants us to experience something that we share. We love getting jobs done around here. Anybody who's been in this house any length of time knows that if you're trying to get a job done here, you'll get worn out. Jimmy touched on it. I could touch on it, but I don't need to because he already did. It's real easy to get worn out trying to get a job done. But if the King of Glory manifests himself here, if he takes up a habitation here, if he takes up a resting place here, We're not getting a job done. We're encountering the king of glory. We're getting transformed in that place. And then we've received something. We've experienced something. We now have authority to multiply something from that place. So I really believe there's two things. I believe a word in season for us is that there's a fullness of time moment that we're about to step into. Psalms 24, 2024. And I believe that God wants to visit us in the way that we've prayed and believed, but beyond that, <laughs> we probably prayers are probably too small, right? And as he manifests himself here, we experience him and anytime we experience him, we're linked to his heart and we become carriers of that DNA I have no idea why he spoke the word that a little place in South Central Pennsylvania was to be a part of a movement to fulfill the Great Commission. I don't know why that is. Other than maybe he just really wanted to invite us to participate in that. Praise God. What an incredible invitation. The thing that I'm impacted by more than anything is we don't deserve any of this. I mean, I walked in back of the door and I thought, oh, we're we're just we're just so privileged to have had an opportunity to stand in this house that God invites us into. What He does, it's just ninety nine percent of the work, and we barely show up. We do our best, we do our best. Everybody knows we do our best, but he shows up and he does abundantly more than we can ask or think. And I think we're about to experience another abundantly more than we can ask or think moment. I believe we're about to experience another grace of God that he chooses to visit us, not because of our works But there's been something of a seeking of his face, something of a a simple and pure devotion of people saying, God, I'm coming after you. I believe he wants to visit us. I believe Psalms 24 is an invitation for the Lord for 2024. And out of him visiting our region, I believe that he intends to send us out of that encounter with him to multiply that, to wrap up, the Great Commission. Very simplistic. Much more that could be said, I think I am already have my 10 minutes in. So I would love to pray because God makes covenant with people and places. And I believe that for whatever reason, he's made a covenant in his heart with this little piece of real estate to do something extraordinary in the revelation of his presence, but also in the multiplication of his purpose. Will you guys stand with me and pray? I'm just gonna pray out of Psalms 24. I just feel like, I know Benita read it, but I'm gonna read Psalms 24 in its entirety, and I'm gonna read it as a prayer. I I welcome you to lift your hands, open your hearts, because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, has not lifted up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. God, we make this our prayer for 2024. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in who is the king of glory. He's the Lord, strong and mighty. He's the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up, you heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, and the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? He's the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And Lord, from this place that you have anointed with authority, God, we declare that we are opening up gates in the spirit. God, that we are welcoming you to come and manifest your presence among us in an extraordinary way. God, we are laying down every good work, God, of standing in this place night and day, day and night. God, we're not lifting up this as a merit badge. But God, we say we see our extraordinary need for the manifestation of your presence, God, that you would visit us with an extraordinary grace because of your purpose, God, not because of our performance. God, have your way for your name to be made great from this place and to every nation, tribe, and tongue. God, I pray for tremendous and extraordinary grace in this place as a place that opens gates to the king of glory. King of glory, king of glory, king of glory, come on in. King of glory, king of glory, king of glory, come on in. And we turn those keys and we open that door. Take up habitation and resting place here. God, we just put a stake in the ground prophetically declaring that 2024 is to be a year of the manifestation of your presence across this region in extraordinary ways. God, we just step into faith. Come on, go ahead and pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. God, we step into a place of faith. We step into a place of faith, God. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro to find someone that he can show himself strong to. We step into a place of faith here and say, 2024 will be a year of Psalms 24, the King of Glory entering in in extraordinary ways, not just in houses of prayer, not just in spirit-filled churches, not just in conservative churches, but God, across the streets and the marketplaces, God, in the sports places and in the bars, God. Father, that there would be a manifestation of your presence in this place, God, that would be transformative in nature, God, and that would go to the nations. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: I feel like we need to do a shout. So good. Wow. Thank you for that powerful agreement. Thank you, Jimmy, Luke, Kevin, for being a part of this night. It went much longer than we thought, but that's pretty typical with this crew. (laughs) Hey, a couple things I want to say. We have a coffee bar downstairs, refreshments. In the lobby, if you've been in an internship, we would love for you to check out those photos. We don't have all the names of the people. And so we'd love for you to, you can actually write on the pictures, like it's, it's a special plastic cover and you can write names on there. We encourage you to do that. Um, what am I missing? Oh, there's a slideshow downstairs of the last 15 years. Please make sure you get down there to see it. But find some people that you haven't seen for a long, long time and greet them. We're so happy that you all came out bless each of you your households happy Thanksgiving have an amazing week thank you
1: enough for me your presence is in-